about money, not having money, trying to get better at money, etc. Personal finance, etc. I'm Josie. I'm Katie. Uh, and we're two writers from Sydney. And we both, I guess we're pretty interested in, in money as a topic. We, yeah. you know, neither of us have that much of it, but we'd like to have more. Yeah. I mean, as said, we are writers from Sydney. <laughs> so we're doing the profession that is probably paid least in the city that is the most expensive in the world. So navigating that is an interesting one. Yeah, it's fine. 50% of my income goes to rent, but no worries. It's like not a big deal. <laughs> um, it's worth it for these six square meters. <laughs> that we're sitting in right now. It's a very nice apartment, Katie. So thanks, Josie. Awesome. Uh, yeah, we wanted to do this because we both feel passionate about the fact that we should talk more about money and like, why is it such a taboo? I think we're getting a little bit better as a society talking more about it and more about what we earn, but yeah, we still have a long way to go. Yeah. I mean, I think there's been a shift in the media, especially in the last few years where we've seen websites like refinery 29 and the cut start to do all this really awesome money content. And, you know, I guess that's a, maybe a reflection of people talking about money more, but also in, encouraging people to talk about money more and I think the the conversation that we've been having is that women especially need to need to be proactive with their finances because we're in a naturally more precarious position than men and historically speaking it's not been something that we've done and like I'm 110 million percent on board with that I absolutely think that's true it my if if there's a current frustration that I have with this moment of time we're in with money content is that it's almost like not going far enough sometimes yeah so I went to an event the other week it was all about women Sydney Opera House <laughs> and um, <laughs> um and I went to a talk it was it was about money and the panel was these like th- maybe three or four super accomplished together women who obviously knew a lot and the whole like hour was just kind of oh you guys should know how much super you have and yeah, negotiate your salary. And it was a bit like, yeah, we know like everyone who bought a ticket to this event did so because they already know that. And I got a bit frustrated because I was like, cool. Yeah. Everyone's telling me to know, to like know how much super I have and to care about my super. I know how much super I have, but I have no fucking idea if I have the right amount of super, if I'm on track to have like a decent retirement or if I'm going to be working until I'm 80 because no one actually says, okay, you're turning 30. Like this is how much super you should have. Well, it's the same thing with negotiating your salary. It's like negotiate your salary, but yeah, what is standard in my industry? What are my coworkers making? What is like the benchmark that I should be aiming for? Nobody talks about that. Totally. It's like, we're meant to be breaking down these walls about talking about money, but we're not actually doing that. If you're not actually talking about money and are not actually giving figures, otherwise it's just like vague fluff. That's not very helpful. Yeah. Every second article is literally like you said, it's care more about money, put like ask for a pay rise, do this stuff. And yeah, it's just too vague. And I think like we've spoken about this before, Katie, obviously, which is how we came up with the idea of doing a podcast. <laughs> um, and you were, you said something really cool, which is like, you don't understand why people are so coy about money and why mm. it's such a taboo. Cause 
and I'm I'm the same like I mean I see it from both sides of the coin like my boyfriend is really private about money and he doesn't want to talk and we have an apartment together and he's asked me not to disclose how much we paid for our our apartment which if it was up to me I would totally do it Mm. um so I kind of get that a little bit maybe he's a bit more traditional than me but I would tell everybody yeah well it's like and I think you even said this it's either people don't want to talk about money because they have heaps of it and they don't want other people to know and realize like (laughs) how far ahead of everyone else they are yes or they don't have much of it and they feel ashamed about it and you shouldn't feel ashamed about not having money like but if you do have money I don't know like I just think it's a political act to talk about money everyone should do it everyone should be challenged to do it by not doing it you're perpetuating like systems of inequality just fucking talk about it yeah literally um fully agree fully agree So we kind of wanted to do a thing on this podcast where we, because there is so much aforementioned money content going around at the moment, we kind of read or watch or listen to a piece of money content each week and then talk about it. Do you want to start, Josie? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Okay. So my money content of the week, um, I don't know if you saw this one, Katie, but it was published in The Guardian by Alex Holder. And it was, I was paid £12,500 to write my book. Here's why I'm revealing that. Ooh, I tell knew. me more. Did you read it? No. Okay, great. <laughs> I didn't even see it. Yeah, so I hadn't heard of Alex Holder before, but she has written a book about, it's called Open Up, and it's about why we should talk more about money, which I feel like mm. is very re- relevant to what we're talking about in general. Um yeah, and so she basically starts off the article by saying, I was paid £12,500 advance to write my book, which I have not looked up how much that is in Australian it's like money. It's like times 2.5, so that's like, <laughs> I can't do maths, $40,000 or something. Which I didn't even know. Is that good for publishing? Is that good in general? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I, I really don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem like that much. If Like, if it takes you at least a year to write a book... That's a shit salary for a year. Yeah. Well, she kind of goes into that in this book. And she, I also really like how she's writing this book saying like, talk more about money. And she says, I, I said how much I'm, I was making to write this book. Cause it's like so true. You can write a money book, like the barefoot investor or whatever, trying to encourage people to save more money. It's like, you're making money off me mm. as well. So like, why can't we just like. Totally barefoot and vegetable. Fucking reveal how much money you've made off that book, you coward. Literally, yeah, this is a call out to Scott Pape, wherever you are. Yeah, you little bitch. Fucking email me. (laughs) No, just kidding, Scott Pape. We'd love you on the podcast one day. I'm not kidding. (laughs) No, but like it it does weird me out sometimes um, thinking about it. But anyway, so yeah, that was this really cool of her and she – she was saying that a lot of people contacted her being like, hey, thanks for revealing this because I thought I was getting lowballed by my publisher. But mm. this is just, I guess, what the standard is. Um, and she says, which I think is really cool, I am fed up with navigating a culture that obsesses over who has what but discourages any conversation about our own finances, which is why I printed my advance. So, like, it's true. It's like you have to have this or you have to have this status symbol or this apartment or this car but nobody will discuss how much they make. Therefore, why are we all expected to be at the same level when we're not all making the same, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was just really cool of her. Um, And I really want to read her book. Yeah. 
And she says as well, like, there's the gender pay gap, there's the race pay gap, um, and it's all impossible to solve collectively if we can't talk about money. And if we're afraid to broach the subject of personal wealth, how can we challenge its inequalities? Which I also agree. Like you said before, we've got to move forward. So, um, yeah. She also mentioned that lady who did the interview with the cart um, where she said she wanted to be rich. You read that? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. That's So did she say how much money her book made after it came out or has it not come out? No, yet? so it's come out now and I don't know like, how um, much she made from that, which is why I don't understand publishing because mm. it's like if you made that much as an advance, then how much do you make after? Mm. It'd be cool if she says that though. Mm. Well, Godspeed to her. Yeah. What was your money content of the week? Um, my money content of the week, it actually came out a few weeks ago, but it's such good content that – I don't care. We can just talk about it now. Um, it's a piece in the cart called Cat Marnell Pays Taxes Now. So Cat Marnell, bit of context, she was a beauty writer at Condé Nast Publications back in like the mid-2000s uh, and was also basically since her teenage years like a, like a lifelong drug addict. Um, while she was working at, at magazines, her drug addiction got really bad and she basically quit and – as she said, murdered her life. And so she wrote this book a few years after her life kind of imploded called How to Murder Your Life, which is the best book. If you haven't read it, you have to read it. It's so fucking funny and amazing. Um, and so, yeah, that kind of happened a few years ago. And so this cut writer kind of tracked her down and she's just traveling around, like backpacking around Europe, which is hilarious because she was like – like a beauty, a beauty writer who lived in New York and like rubbed shoulders with famous people. And now she's like, and eh, just like wearing thongs around Europe. Um, but the article was about how she, cause she was just like a fucking mess for years. She just didn't pay tax. I don't understand how America works, but no, I was supposed to look that up the tax system. But yeah, I, forgot. I don't know. Anyway, she owed 125 thousand us dollars to whoever in america um she's was a bit of a rich kid and um so this cut interview asked her has your family helped you financially in the past and kat says everyone's always like oh she has daddy's money first of all that's very sexist it was always my grandmother's money (laughs) (laughs) which is just classic cat um i love like she's a great example of someone who like was born into wealth and was born into a really wealthy situation but she's just like yeah this is what happened which just makes it a million times better yeah like i don't begrudge anyone for being wealthier than other people it's like just don't pretend that you have nothing Mm. or that you're from nothing so me and josie have a little term i'm pretty 99 sure we made it up (laughs) it's called secret rich rich. yeah so there's a lot of people in uh sydney especially who are secret rich which means they present themselves as if you know they're regular regular joe but actually their family's stinking rich and like someone bought them an apartment or whatever yeah they're wearing someone's like, paying their rent yeah they're all like, wearing like old beat up clothes and they work in the arts most likely yeah and they work at the co-op across from my house yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like talking you're like talking about someone specifically no we're not talking about anyone specifically but it is a phenomenon and i feel like yeah i mean it's just if you're rich that's fine just don't be secret secretive yeah, about it totally like we were saying earlier yeah like um that and that is like i think what feeds oh this kind of resentment about i don't know this whole stuff as well as just like when people feel 
blindsided in a way that it's like you think you're on the same level like you think you started in the same place as someone but it turns out that like you didn't and I don't know what I'm saying no well there was that article in the cut um the cut is doing great money content lately Mm. but they had an article that was titled my deep burning class rage and Mm. it was essentially about this about this woman who worked in publishing in New York and she was like 40 and she just felt like she hasn't been getting anywhere and all of her friends have, but they all have because they've gotten inheritances or they have a trust fund Mm. or they have a really rich husband. Mm. And she's like, it's just impossible for me to compete with them when I don't have anything else backing me and they do. And we're supposed to be at the same level. I can't get by and they can. Yeah. Yeah. I remember a writer friend of ours saying, I was asking him what it was like being freelance years ago when I still had a job. (laughs) I don't have a job anymore. (laughs) And, and he was like, yeah, you know, it was okay. And then I found out sometime into doing it that like every other freelancer, their parents just paid their rent. And I just thought we were all, you know, struggling to make ends meet, but no, that's not the way. And it's such a, like, it's such a thing in the arts as well, where every, like, I would say most people who do well in the arts come from a pretty privileged background, but no one cops to it. And that's so fucking frustrating. It, it is. but And it's also like a thing of, I think about this all the time, not necessarily in terms of money, but in the arts, your parents, it's like, oh, you're an actress, but like your parent had like a gallery or something. or was in that world somehow. Mm. And I always think like, I'm a writer and my mom and dad both work in retail. Mm. And so I'm like, I just feel so many steps behind because my mum was an author as well or like my and it, like it just goes beyond nepotism it's not like mm. the whole thing of like getting them a job it's like you grew up with parents mm. who read like mm. that is just such a privilege mm. anyway that's yeah it's the whole Lena Dun- Dunham thing of you know no disrespect to well no disrespect to Lena Dunham like she's done great work but yeah she came from a a rich family b a family that was extremely extremely in the arts so Mm. it's just like well of course of course you are always going to do great things of course she's a child genius and of course like you're it's so much easier to have time to create have time to devote to your art when you're not you know doing shifts at a bakery every day after school or whatever like and it's so easy so much easier to pursue those things if you have parents who understand the value and understand like Mm -hmm. not that by the way, like I love my parents and they very much supported me always. But like if your parents understand what you're doing and can find way, different ways to encourage you and enrich you in that way, it just is like helpful beyond belief if you're mm. from like a little baby. Yeah. So Kat Manel, good example of a good rich person. If you're rich, <laughs> just do as Kat Manel does, minus the drugs. So um, in the spirit of financial openness um me and Josie thought we'd play a little game of 10 questions where we just ask each other some questions about our financial situation and we just have to answer them honestly and openly sounds okay i'm up to the challenge well first i'm gonna ask you okay because i did money content first so you have to do this first sure um are you ready yeah katie cunningham how much have you got in savings okay well this is a loaded question so I'm, as you know, Josie, um, I'm freelancing at the moment. Uh, and so I don't have obviously a steady income. I don't have a salary. Um, so I've got like right now I have four and a half grand 
in my quote unquote savings account. But that's not like long-term savings. That's not savings that I'm not going to touch. That's like, okay, well, I've got a couple months of my salary to myself set away. That's your emergency But I'm going to have to like, I'm going to have to dip into that sooner rather than later. It's more just like at the moment, I'm just kind of stockpiling what I can and just trying to build that up so that I'm, you know, I'd like to be in a situation where I have a few months quote unquote salary in my bank account so that, you know, I'm just never like faced with, oh fuck, I don't know how I'm going to pay rent this month. So it's like, yes, I have 4.5 grand in savings, but it's not really savings. It's just, it's just money that I have for now, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I don't have any like long-term savings or anything. Uh, who do you currently owe money to? Um, I owe $110 to my dentist. Still? Yeah. So I, <laughs> look, don't get me started on the cost of dental care in this country, but long story short, I needed a feeling. My dentist lets you pay it off in installments and I've been paying it off over the last few months. Just for the listeners, Katie's dentist's name is The Whole Tooth. So <laughs> yeah, and they're a scam dentist. <laughs> But we'll we'll save that for another episode. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's. Oh I don't think I owe money to any friends or anything. Just dentist. Yeah, cool. Um, what was the last thing you spent a large amount of money on? Oh, good question. Um, I actually just bought. I bought four laser hair removal sessions. Oh, which was like three hundred and fifty dollars. Was it like at a boutique or was it one of those like laser clinics in the no, mall? No, it's laser clinics. They were having a sale that was like 50% off and I've wanted to get my legs lasered forever because a real thing I'm on at the moment is, you know, time versus money when it comes to beauty. And I would rather spend the money on, for instance, getting eyelash extensions than having to waste the time of putting mascara on every fucking morning. So, But like mascara takes like five seconds. No, it doesn't. On. Not for me. I don't know how you do it. It takes me longer <laughs> and it's annoying and I hate it I yeah actually I get it sometimes and you get it on your eyelid and then you've got to get a cotton bud and wipe it and and then you got to do a few layers yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah. the most it's the longest part of the getting ready it's routine. the longest part of your getting ready routine yeah for sure I like, want to know more about okay. your getting ready routine. No, not my hair, but like it's the longest makeup that it takes to put on it's not like just putting on some foundation where it's like push push uh, done in five seconds it's like time on my on my fucking lashes Wow, I need to like film you doing this. I just feel like you're doing something wrong. You're not supposed to do them one at a time, Katie. I did. I was giving this speech to my friend Mel recently and she was like, yeah, but I will say I've seen you get ready. You just take an exceptionally long time. And I was like, damn, all right. I didn't know that. Um, So anyway, they were having a sale. It was 50% off. I had just like landed this freelance job that was going to obviously more than cover that and I was like fuck it I'm just gonna buy myself some laser hair removal why not um how much have you made in freelancing jobs this week oh juicy if if you're willing to just no I'm willing it's just like okay well this is funny this is a funny anecdote okay so I'm doing two days in an office at a media company that will remain unnamed um tomorrow and Thursday and I'm getting paid $800, except I'm getting paid $800 in gift cards instead of human money. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, this is why writers have no money because we get paid in fucking gift cards. (laughs) I know. You can't – can you pay your rent in Visa gift cards? No. No. You really can't. Wow. Yeah. So so there's that. And then I did – I'm at at the tail end of a 
contract where I do two days a week in an office somewhere. So I just done two days there. That's $700 before tax for those two days. Plus my (laughs) Visa gift cards, plus another little job I did for $200 plus and doing like $550 work on Friday, $450 work on Saturday. Look, whatever that, all that adds up to. Yeah. I don't know. No, like that's, that's really interesting to know. Mm. Yeah. Cause I feel like as a freelancer, it probably ebbs and flows, right? Well, so far it's fucking flowing, bitch. I mean, knock on wood, bitch. <laughs> Seriously, so, knock on wood. I don't want to jinx it for you. Good. Knocked, I knocked. Good, good, good. Um, yeah. So I, I only really basically started freelancing, what, like maybe a month or six weeks ago and really expected to be basically unable to feed myself. And it's going weirdly well. Like it's going really well. I knew it would for you because you're, you've always freelanced. You're good. You're, you're good. You're good at connections. You do good work. Proud of you. What is the thing you're most ashamed of spending a bunch of money on? This can be like all over your life. It would have to just be fast fashion or not necessarily fast fashion in terms of sweatshop clothes, but just, I have just wasted a lot of money on shit clothes over my life. And I have this kind of fantasy where I think of if I could, every item of clothing that I bought and then decided later I didn't like, like up until now, if I could just return it and get the money back, how much money I'd be getting back from yeah, all those fuck. clothes over the years. Um, I mean, I, I have half of them. Yeah, I have given Josie many of my old clothes. <laughs> Which is great for me, <laughs> not great for baby. Yeah. Um, so I guess that, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that there's anything I'm particularly ashamed of spending money on. Like, I'm sure there's lots of things I would have spent lots of money on. Like, I don't know, going overseas or whatever that other people would be like, that's stupid, but I don't regret it. No regrets, as they say. All right, those are my questions. Okay, Josie, my first question to you is when was the last time you felt stressed about money? I'm trying to think how recently I can go because um, – Yeah, you're always crying because you're stressed about money. I know. I feel like I, I – it's just like really hard to say the last time because I feel like it's always happened. But I got paid for some freelancing today. So today I feel quite flush. So – I totally know it's, what company paid you because they paid me as well. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard to be like, but like usually I'm in that state. I just bought a dryer and. A dryer? Yeah. I in got this a, country? Yeah, I got a fucking dryer. How much was it? Because it's winter. So it was, it was 600 and something. <gasps> yeah, I know. But we had gotten like $200 from my boyfriend's dad as like a birthday present last year to put towards dryer. So it was like 200 and something dollars all up. And I just hadn't expected that expense. I thought it would come out of our joint account, but it, it, for various reasons, didn't. So, I don't know. I just feel like, in general, I put money away and then an expense comes up and then it goes back down and then I put money away and then an expense comes up and it goes back down. Like, I'm just never – I've never reached any goal. And I just feel like being – comfortable with money is actually getting to a spot where you're like I can put money away and I can keep it there for ages mm. um at the moment I'm not doing too bad but I just am like my car's got to get serviced and yeah and like I just haven't been on a holiday in many years so it's like yeah in general I will controversial opinion did you really need a dryer <laughs> yes because it gets to winter right and then it's like what do I do with my sheets 
dry it rains is all such the time. A, yeah, I guess you do live in an apartment. Yeah. Harder to dry sheets. Is it? I don't know. Um, well, like usually we hang them downstairs, but if it is raining, it's there's nothing. Dryers just seem like such a luxury to me. I did not I know, grow up in a dry household. Take a lot in the electricity, and then there's the thing. I'm like, maybe I'm living a too bougie life for what I am. But then I try and cut corners all the time. Mm, you by do wearing your handy hand me downs. I know. But so, see, sometimes I, I feel like, look, I know the point of this podcast is not for me to pass judgment on you, but sometimes, no judgment. <laughs> but sometimes I'm like, are you cutting the right corners? Like, know, do I you need know. a fucking dryer? Is that the most important thing? But here's the thing, right? The dryer isn't just me. It's like me and my boyfriend. So it's like, I make money decisions for me and I'm really good. But like when it's me and my partner, we make that together. So... Yeah. All I'm saying is you would not catch me spending $600 on a fucking dryer. Well, that was the cheapest one too. Oh my God, Josie, get, like go on Gumtree. Yeah, 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 yeah. You I know, there's a white that. goods store across the road from my house that sells things for like 200 bucks. That's where I got my fridge from. I don't feel empowered And right it's only broken once. Fuck. <laughs> 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 yeah, I know, I know, I know. But that's just what happened. So, yeah, I feel like I, I am obviously very lucky and very middle class and have all of these like good things going for me but then I just feel like there are areas where I'm like what the fuck am I doing Mm. so yeah I'm pretty much always stressed about money is the (laughs) answer you question (laughs) um what is your savings goal oh good one well I really want to have so I have like a long term and then I have a short term mm. in my short term. I really want to have $10,000 in there. Mm. I like really, really want that. Cause I just feel like that's the magic number of going on a really good holiday. Mm. And I haven't been on holiday in a while. Mm. Um, yeah, you should go on a holiday. Yeah. But then like long-term savings in like five years, I want at least 50 grand in there. But then it's like, that doesn't make any sense. That's crazy. It's too much. But you have a mortgage. Just pay off the mortgage instead. Yeah, I know. Well, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't have a savings goal. Juicy, is this the part? thing to realize on the money podcast. <laughs> is this the part where we should explain how the fuck you came to own a house? Yeah, 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 we should. Um, so to everybody, my lovely boyfriend who I love very much, shout out to Alex. He put, he saved up enough to put a deposit on an apartment and I wasn't able to contribute to that deposit, but I did co-sign with him. So technically I own a third of it and he owns two thirds. So instead of paying rent, we live together, but instead of paying rent, we pay the mortgage, which is really cool and really lucky. Um, You could say I'm a bit of a gold digger, (laughs) Um, but yeah, so that's that. So yeah, that, and that's what I mean. Like, I just feel like a lot of areas in my life, I'm like, yeah, damn, like, I'm so lucky and that's so good. And then other areas, I'm like, what am I doing? But yeah. Mm. So yeah, I don't know what my long-term savings goal is. In my short term, I want $10,000 saved. Yeah. And right now I have like $1,500. Oh shit, is that all? (laughs) I mean, I... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You have a mortgage, it's fine. It's fine. Dude, I don't even have savings. I just said... But then that's the other thing because I'm like, it's not my... I mean... Alex is the most beautiful person in the world. And he's like, it is your mortgage. But I'm also like, I have no ownership over that because I didn't work towards it. I mean, legally, you have a third ownership. I know legally, but like in my mind. So I want one day to be like, if we ever buy something else, I can do half of that or something. Yeah. I guess I'm just saying, don't feel like most people are saving because they're like, I want to buy a house someday. Like you already got the house. You don't need to save 
for a deposit. Yeah. So yeah. you don't feel bad if you don't have 10 grand in the bank right now. Like if you're paying yeah. off your mortgage, you're doing like you're already so far ahead. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Mm. I feel so lucky and blessed. Mm. Thank you so much. Alex. Alex. Tradies. <laughs> yeah. Be a trade. Kids. <laughs> do a trade. That's all I'll say. <laughs> um, when was the last time you borrowed money from or lent money to a parent? Borrowed money from a parent. I think about this all the time. Like, you know, when you have those like guilty things, and they pop up in your head and they ruin your day. Mm. I borrowed $600 off my mum in year 12 to go on schoolies in service paradise and I never paid her back. (laughs) Well, I think you got away with that one. I know. (laughs) I've probably borrowed money off her other times, but I've definitely paid it back with that one. Mom, if you're listening, like, I'm really sorry. And I also don't have the $600 to give back to you again. Well, I mean, you just said you had $1,500 in savings. <laughs> I mean, really, I could go, but I'm banking on the fact that she forgot. Yeah. But yeah. She won't listen to this. It's fine. I know. My poor mom. My Podcasts. I took, All people don't do that. No way. <laughs> I took $650 of her hard-earned money or however much it was and mm. literally got drunk for a week. Yeah, in oh, life experience. I saw this tweet the other day that was like, if you've never had to lend a parent money, that's that's some privilege or something like that. And I was like, damn, that's Whoa. true. I've definitely never lent a parent money. No, I've never lent a parent money. And actually, yeah, that's true. That you know, I know people who do, and I'm yeah, I know people very who do. Thank, like, obviously, very privileged to not have had to deal with that. Yeah, fuck. So it's like you know. Just a note to self to not feel put out about not being, you know, just handed money from my parents when other people have to give their parents money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really true. Mm. Um, so I know because we've discussed this previously that you're not allowed to say what your salary is at your current job. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me, A, what your salary was at your first full-time job be what the lowest full-time salary you've ever received was? I mean, they're the same. <laughs> um, it was $35,000. Damn. I know. I know. And I had to actually talk that up from 30000 which is what they originally <gasps> That's offered disgusting. me. disgusting. At yeah, least you knew to talk it up. I didn't. Well, I was just like... Well, I honestly, like, I was going to accept anything, but I didn't realise that anything was that. Mm. Like, I actually was like, no, at this point I was living... I was living out of home. So I was like, I, ca- I can't actually mm. afford to live on that. So sorry. And then I was like killing myself because I was like, this is such a good opportunity. And anyway, they put it up five grand, which. <laughs> How generous. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a real struggle. Yeah. But yeah, 35 grand. I can't imagine living on that now. Um, and yeah, no, I know. I remember just. I actually remember sitting down with my mum because I had no fucking money ever and her being like, I'm going to do you a budget and her just kind of being like, hmm, yes, there's not much here, is there? <laughs> it's like you pay your rent and then, ooh. <laughs> she was like, maybe you can get like one taxi a month. Well, I then like, oh. I I was lucky because then I could move back home. It's like yeah. you didn't have that luxury, yeah. which is – yeah, which is another thing that comes back to um, the arts, which is that yeah. parent, like people who grew up in inner city, especially Sydney and Melbourne, it's just so easy because you can just live at home whenever you want for as long as you want. You you don't have there's not that financial barrier to being 
in the proximity to where that kind of creative stuff happens. Whereas, yeah, yeah, if you have to move and pay your own way, that that just makes it a lot harder. Yeah, I felt so stifled going back to the suburbs after. But, you know, it was all worth it in the end. Not that I think I'm hard done by. No, I'm like very middle class. No, no, no. And same. Just because I'm from Canberra doesn't mean I'm (laughs) destitute. It's just, you know, it would be nice to be sometimes have the option of moving back in with your parents not that I would ever do it just I don't know no 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 it's yeah I hope that none of our listeners get the idea that either of us are hard down by or no yeah we just like to talk about this stuff and we hope that we're checking our privilege an appropriate amount Um, so the other thing we wanted to do on our podcast was our money yays and nays each week, which is basically like a good thing that's happened to us with money that week and a bad thing that's happened to us with money that week. Do you want to start? Okay, sure. Um, I feel like my money yay and my money nay are kind of the same thing because I really wanted a new coat and I wanted specifically like a plaid coat, a plaid retro looking one. And you know, like that brand princess highway yes yeah (laughs) so i love them it's whatever and i saw one of their coats and it was like 200 dollars, and i was like oh fuck that's a lot of money to spend on a coat also like they're not that great of quality so i wouldn't want to invest that much money but i went on the website and they have like an outlet section and there was one that was very similar to one that i wanted that was like new season and it was 60 dollars. and then i went through so then which was a money yay, but then the money nay comes when I went through the rest of the outlet section and I got a pair of shoes, two dresses and a top and it came to $200. But then it's like all that I got for $200, which I was considering spending on the coat anyway. So yeah. And that's like the first time I've spent good money on clothes literally since last year. (laughs) Good money being $60. I mean, well, $200 in the end. Yeah. But yeah. Um, What about your bad money thing? That was it. My money yay and my money nay were the same. Oh. Because the fact that I spent $200 all up. Oh. It all just sounded like a yay to me. But okay. Oh, okay. Well, then a bad thing that happened. Maybe I'll get a parking ticket tonight. (laughs) But also. Claim it on tax, baby. Oh, yeah. Maybe I can. No. I feel like you probably can. No, accountants at us. Um. (laughs) No, I was a couple of weeks ago, um, so it wasn't really this week, but we have like a thing in our office, which is really cool, where we where we do an, like an Uber Eats order for everybody and then everyone like pays you back for like what they get. And then I was like, I'll do it. And I put it on my card and it was like $130 or something. And I had to transfer out of my savings to do it. And I just felt like that was one of the situations where I was too nice about it. But everyone was amazing and transferred me back straight away. But I more was like, that was kind of dumb. Oh, I hate that. I hate that stress of being the person who puts yeah. shit on your card. Because then it's not only like worrying about not getting the money back, which you often don't get the money back. Yeah, but I was really lucky. But then be like, just having to deal with being like, hey, just um, wondering if you transferred me that money. Like just having to be that guy. And oh, I hate that. And, you know, uh, this podcast is called Frugal Forever, obviously – being frugal, good. Being stingy, not good. No, no one ever yeah. wants to be stingy. Well, That's yeah, like the worst trait. Yeah. And so it's also like, you don't want to be like, oh, I'm chasing up. Like, I need that $30, man. And it's yeah. like, it's not that I need your $30. It's that like four people haven't given me $30. And 
that's does math quickly $120 you know like like that sucks so anyway that sucks yeah it does but I mean no it's good that you got all the money but yeah yeah it was more Ah. I guess like the shitty part was like I should have just not done it because I had to transfer out Mm. of my savings am I a bad person I'd never volunteer to be that person who puts it on the card because I don't want to deal with that I don't think you're a bad person I just think that that's like the limit you set for yourself Mm. Like, and I think I would do it again. I just feel like I've been burnt, man. You are too nice. That's totally your money downfall. It's cost you so much of your life. Too polite, Josie. Yeah, I think that is my money downfall. But I also like, I just, I find a lot of joy out of being generous to people. <sighs> At what cost? <laughs> <laughs> this is for another episode, another time. Um, Katie, what is your money yay for the week? My money, yay. Okay, so I know I was just talking before, like you asked me how much I'd earn freelancing and I was like, oh, I don't know. But um, I did kind of do an amount of maths earlier um, and I've been really busy the last couple of weeks. Like I worked like at least 60 hours last week and I'll probably do that much again this Whoa. week. Like I've taken on, okay, so <laughs> about this time last week I was sitting down ordering my week out and I was like gee whiz I'm really like scheduled to the gills is, is that a saying schedule like oh like I got no to, I got no time back to the bloody <laughs> office I can't take anything else on this fortnight I'm already stuffed and then uh my friend asked me about doing those days two two full days in an office and at first I was like no no I absolutely can't and then three hours later I was like okay I'll do it and then I was like holy shit, I really, I absolutely, I'm fucked. I cannot take on any more work. And then someone asked me to write something else for them. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And so it's been mental. Like I've had no time, but I basically almost will have earned in two weeks, like enough to live off for two months. Fuck. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's See, great. that's just like the best. It's like yeah. feast and famine of yeah. freelancing. I mean, it would be enough to live off two months if I didn't then like spend $350 on laser hair removal and other things. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, that's, I really admire that. You just being like, yeah, fucking say yes to everything and yeah. see what happens. I, no way. I'm like incapable of saying no to money. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll do anything. <laughs> also, because you just don't know when it's going to dry up. So you just got to keep taking it while it's there. What if... Um, a poor child on the street was like, hello, ma'am, here's $20. Uh, you need it more than me. <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, so I'm not really worried Have about that. Little, what would you do? You said you'd never say a no to A poor child on the street. Is it like Wearing Dickensian no in London? Like, yes, it is. I'd, I'd be like, Cast your mind back. <laughs> I'd be like, no child, keep it. So you, he, that's ne- not, that's, He's not being like, I'll commission you to write something for me. Then I'd be like, yes, sir, on my way. And she's like, oh, please, Please write a ditty for me. I will, pay, I will give you 20 pounds. It's all my money in the world. Uh, then I'd be like, oh, your, yeah, your decision. I'm <laughs> a good writer. Hi, here's my website. Um, and your money name? Okay, so this is so dumb. Okay, so on New Year's Day, I was really hungover and I really was just in a shame spiral of hating myself feeling disgusting, worthless piece of shit, yada, yada, yada. And we all know. We all, we've know. all been there. And somewhere along my internet travels that day, I got served an ad that was like three months New York subscription, $15. And I was like, 
Three months New Yorker subscription, $15. <laughs> yes, this is exactly what I need. It's going to cure me. It's going to like, I'm going to enrich my life. I'm going to be a better person in 2019. New Yorker is going to solve all my problems. That's why I have a New Yorker yeah. subscription. It hasn't worked. But so continue. I, yeah, so I signed up. Fast forward three months. Haven't read a single issue. Um, I think I don't like the New Yorker. It's quite boring. <laughs> do you get it print or do you get it? Yes, I get it print. <laughs> they just pile up. There's a stack of them out of my hallway. I literally like. I haven't even. Cr- oh god. I just feel like di- like digital's good because it's every now and then you're like, yeah, this article. But I could. I don't know if I could read a whole. No, magazine. it's very dull. Anyway, <laughs> so that happened, and then I sidebar it. I booked some oh, okay. I checked my credit card balance and um there was a two hundred and twenty dollar payment to Condé Nast on there and I was like um fuck and then I searched my inbox and sure enough New Yorker had sent me an email saying, Hey, you're about to be charged two hundred dollars for like the subscription that you signed up for. Um and so that was fucking terrible. But then it's okay because I canceled it and they refunded. Oh, the that's amount. good. So it was a happy ending, but I was just like, you motherfucker, you dumb ass idiot. Like, what were you thinking? And this is a good example in why, A, you shouldn't enter into contractual agreements when you're too out of your mind to like read the fine print. B, just like anything subscription rollover that's yeah. not like Netflix is a bad idea. If you want to be a better person, just like – Donate to a charity or something. Don't get a New Yorker subscription. Don't get a New Yorker subscription. And I also, that same day, the reason I was checking my credit card balance is that I'd booked flights to Melbourne. Oh. And I didn't know if, I was like, oh, I don't know if that went through. It did go through. Then I realized that I'd booked the flight for the wrong day. Oh, my God, Katie. I know. Was was it Mercury Retrograde? It was Mercury Retrograde. (laughs) It's not my fault. I'm absolved. Yeah, so then I had to. Again, it was actually quite a crisis averted because I was like, motherfucker, I booked a fucking starter fare on Jetstar. Like, there's no way they're going to change it. I'm going to have to buy a whole new ticket. You absolute idiot. And then I tweeted at them and they just changed it for me. I only had to pay $30 fare difference. Oh, that's awesome. So those were two big fuck ups, but I... But ultimately, yay, because you got refunds slash it worked out. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Okay, so that was the first episode of Frugal Forever. Yeah. Uh, if you want more of our money content, you can follow us on Instagram at Frugal Forever Podcast. Do we have a Twitter, Katie? I don't reckon. Man, I reckon we're ready for Twitter. Like, let's focus on one platform at a time. We've got an Instagram. Find us there. Yeah, find That's us there. That's all we can deal with. And we've got a lot to talk about. Like, we want to talk about things like how money intersects with, like, dating and relationships and beauty and the cost of like keeping up a beauty routine as a woman and like debt and young people being in debt which is something i have extensive personal experience in ask me about it stay tuned and <laughs> edge of my seat um cool well thanks for listening guys thanks so much bye bye, bye.